0: Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that's forgotten what it feels like to be a loser. Well, that's true in a football sense anyway. In real life, it remains an everyday occurrence. On today's pod, we're going to be looking ahead to the threat of Arsenal and Arteta. Can the gunner's end City's ludicrous winning streak? And we're going to discuss too a phrase that's becoming more and more common on football Twitter as rival fans try to undermine our success. To make sense of all this, I'm delighted to be joined today by two guests who are top draw. It's Harry. I'm making a debut on Night 320. Yannicka, Welcome aboard, Yannicka.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolute <laughs> pleasure. How are things?
1: Yeah, yeah. Good. Thanks. Better yeah. with City playing the way they are.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's put everyone in a good mood. Yeah, It's, it's a perfect kind of um, pick-me-up-for-lockdown, isn't it? City winning. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine if basically we were kind of... I thought Sheffield United during lockdown, would be
2: horrendous.
0: <laughs> Are you well?
2: Oh, you know what, mate? I'm in a horrible mood because I'm gutted to find out that Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Tottenham don't care if City win the league. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> devastating.
0: I've seen a few of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, basically, I got into football to try and make other people jealous. That's all I care about. I don't care about how I feel. It's... <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't
2: feel the same if, if Liverpool and Man United aren't cheering us winning the league, <laughs> yeah. honestly.
0: Uh, well, talking of which, actually, it leads us into, uh, nicely into the first question. Uh, we'll start with you, Janneke. Um yeah. City are 10 points clear with 14 to play. We're in incredible form right now. Can you yeah. realistically see anyone challenge us at this point for the title?
1: Do you know what I think it is? Like, I've said this for most of the season since Man City came into contention at the top of the league. I was saying that, yes, Man City will drop points, but Man United will drop more. And I still feel that way. And I feel like the teams below us are not in as good form as City. And I just think they're not as good as us. Um, So, yeah, I think, yes, City will drop points, but I think the others will too. So... Yeah, I think I'd be very surprised to see City not win the league um, after sort of this period. I'd be very surprised. I think obviously the derby is a big six-pointer in the fact that if we lose that, it puts them closer to us. So we need to really be winning that. Um, But yeah, I think City, um, we normally do better towards the end of the season, the last sort of 10 games. So yeah, I can't see us throwing it away
0: well harry a lot of it's down to momentum as well i mean we've got such confidence right now that you know we can we're going into games thinking we can afford to lose this and because of that we're playing so freely
2: yeah no the lads have put a run together now longer than i thought would kind of be required we've had these runs in the past and i think you've kind of nailed it to be honest, it's not just us dropping points now, it's it's teams being virtually perfect Um and we can afford to lose three now and we we'll still be top of the league. That's crazy considering the position we're in in November. And to be honest, we've had issues as well to, throughout the season. It kind of feels like people are kind of pinning it on us that like we've had no injuries. You know, we had a massively COVID hit squad. Mm. We've had Kevin De Bruyne missing for weeks. We've not seen Sergio Aguero all season. We've had, players, important players missing in in games as well, like Gundogan last night, Diaz. We didn't have Laporte for a a large period of the season. And we've dealt with kind of everything that's been thrown at us superbly. And honestly, in in answer to kind of your question, uh, no, I don't think anyone kind of catches us now because it requires them being perfect. And there's no chance that United or Leicester, who are probably the two closest to us at the moment, go on some sort of perfect run while we completely collapse.
0: Well, I mean, someone worked it out on Twitter, basically saying that if we win the next four games, and City would need to average one point one game points, sorry, per game over the next ten games to win. So essentially, if we win the next four games, we could then afford to draw nine out of the last ten games, yeah. which has never yeah.
2: happened. Yeah, well, there's fourteen games left. You'd say it'd probably take seven, eight of them of them winning to win the title, would you say?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think we could drop a quite considerable amount of points, to be honest, because, as Jannica says, all the clubs will drop points from now to the end of the season. It's kind of, you know, I, I do this myself. You look at kind of how many games are left and you kind of assume that some club is just going to go unbeaten, but of course yeah. they're not. <laughs> no notions. Uh, Yannicka, when we look back at the Anfield game, in the build-up to it, it seemed to be that everyone, Liverpool fans, City fans, neutrals, everyone, thought if City win this... The home and dry. It's it's kind of, it follows then that maybe the players would think that as well, you know, Liverpool players, United players. Am I right in thinking that?
1: Yeah, I think because obviously, City fans being the way we are, we never kind of, we, we don't have the arrogance that Man United fans mm. have where it's like, yeah, it's wrapped up. Because I do a lot of um, streaming with Man United fans and they were telling me ages ago, oh, it's wrapped up. And I was like, no, we need to win at Anfield. <laughs> then it was, oh, we need to win the next game. Then it was Everton. Now it's Arsenal. But it's just like, as much as I think we will do it, there's always that thing that anything can happen in football. And, you know, you've always kind of got that doubt in your mind as a City fan. But I think, yeah, I think the players the form that they're in, the way that everyone that comes in is just stepping up to the levels of the ones that have gone out, like Gundogan's back for Arsenal. Like, I just can't see... I can't see how City would lose the momentum, but that Anfield win was a big, big, big statement. Oh, yeah. Mainly because we don't win there, and we went there, and not only did we win, we won <laughs> 4-1. So, yeah, I think that the confidence that the players will get from that... Um, and yeah, I just I think now I'd be very, very like I said, be very surprised if Man City don't win it. To be honest, because it's yeah, I think City hopefully will go clear. Like I'd like to see Man United drop some more points, Leicester drop some more points, um, just to take the pressure off us even more. But yeah, yeah, I think I think we'll wrap it up.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, the, you said there about kind of the mentality of a City fan last night. Um, an Everton fan got in touch with me on Twitter and said, "Look." have a word with Pep, you, mate, and just kind of t- tell him that we'll settle for a 1-0 loss. And I said, yeah. I'll, I'll take a draw right now, any day. Yeah. And, and he genuinely thought, I was joking. It's like, you're aware I'm a City fan, right? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to kind of be there half an hour before we go to Goodson and think,
2: oh, yeah, we're definitely going to win. It doesn't matter but- what our team is. But that's what's been so impressive, right? They're like, at halftime in that game, I would have took a draw. I don't Ooh. know what, what yeah. how you were feeling. I don't think we were being particularly brilliant. But the fact that we've we've not paid as particularly brilliant as we have been and won three one away at Gunnarsson, it wasn't like that in the past, I promise you now. Oh, God, yeah.
0: Um, well, Everton fans are kind of bearable on Twitter, um, to be fair, in comparison to many others, by which I mean, of course, Liverpool and United fans. Which brings us to our second question. Um... It's something I've just seen creeping up and up and becoming more and more commonplace on Twitter. Rival fans and certain journalists mentioning City's unlimited resources or endless resources. Um, it used to be our money, of course, money bag City, oil money, all the rest of it. It used to be over spending. Uh, the players we brought in, now it's resources. It's a very strange phrases because it implies that basically we can just dip into it whenever we want but of course we can't because of ffp so what are they insinuating harry are they basically saying where, where does our advantage lie in the fact that we've got some resources that we can't use just like any other club
2: i think it's it's all down to narrative you know what just to, to, to kind of for plug-in sake i think a podcast with Jack and Sam that he's just done was kind of brilliant in explaining how City haven't really spent loads in terms of output in the the last couple of years. Yeah, because people will just look at this summer and just be like, "Well, we bought Ruben Diaz for 50, 60 million, whatever. Nathan Aké forty million were, but they didn't. They don't look at outgoings. And I think City working away where it, it's, it's never. If we if we'd have done something dodgy, we, we would have been we'd have been punished for it. We would have. Um, but the, the fan, I, I don't like speak about it because, frankly, I really don't care what kind of rival fans have to think. <laughs> but they've got to make their minds up. But one day it's players like Sterling are only good because Pep's taught them, and then the next it's Pep's only good because of this billion pound squad. Um, <laughs> And I think, I don't know, I just, it was like Amazon's coverage. I thought Amazon's coverage was pretty good about City yesterday. And then yeah. Lean Di- Dixon had to ruin it right at the end when he suggested that Pep Guardiola should have gone and managed a smaller club if he wants to prove himself. What is this obsession with Pep Guardiola having to go and manage Barnet FC to be considered a top manager? <laughs> Horrible, I hate it. I, I've no
0: idea where it sprang from. And yet it, it's followed him around for years now. and it, yeah. He never did with anyone else, so I, I just don't get it. As a city fan, I'm happy to say that if Jurgen Klopp went to Barnet, or if, you know Alex Ferguson back in the day went to Rochdale, they'd have been a great club. They'd have done. They'd have got promoted twice, three times. You know, they'd have got as high
2: as they possibly could because of brilliant managers. Pep was yeah, a brilliant manager. Yeah, he is. But like, honestly, who cares? Like, if you want a manager that can come in on the budget that we've got and and bring success. Pep Guardiola is the perfect manager. Why would Pep Guardiola want to go somewhere where he has to work on like a shoestring budget when he can make players that are good into elite players? Like who'd have thought Sterling would have hit the heights that he's hit at City? I mean, yeah. Ilkay Gundogan now is a prime example. You know, there was a lot of doubters of Ilkay Gundogan and now he's being talked about as Premier League Player of the Year. You know, that I'm sorry, but that does not happen without... Pep Guardiola, Cancelo wasn't in the team at all last season, and now it's been one of our best players. It's just I, I hate arguing for Pep Guardiola because he doesn't need to. It's just such <laughs> a stupid argument.
0: Yeah, it's like someone um, said on on Twitter the other day: you don't hire Michelangelo to come and kind of paint your kitchen.
2: <laughs> I saw that about Lee Dixon. He was like, as Lee Dixon got improved himself, co- uh, commentating on under 14s football. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, look, like you go back to the kind of yeah. the resources and, and yeah. kind of all the you know, the wealth we have at our disposal, even though, like I say, it's, you know, we're limited though with FFP. And it could be said United have the same amount of resources, don't they?
1: Well, do you know what? To be honest, all these comments, it's just jealousy at this point. At first it was, oh, it's not fair, City spend more money. But I didn't see this when Man United were outspending City every year and we were struggling Mm. And they were, you know, running things at the top of the league. There was none of that, oh, let's feel sorry for City because Man United outspend them every season. But now that it's City, it's it's a problem. But I think it's just because we've upset the top four, you know, the original top four, whatever they want to yeah. call it. We've come in. Um, with Chelsea, they're not as bothered because Chelsea were kind of up there a little bit before. But yeah, they're just upset. And to be honest, the way City are run, there's only, I would say... <laughs> Only really Leicester you can say who will run as well as City. Yeah, I know. mean, and I would argue yeah. City are run better, knowing what I know from a fan's point of view. But yeah, it's it's crazy. And I think that's what it is. And they're always gonna use money. Oh, it's this money, it's that money, it's this money, it's that money. And at the same time, they're begging their owners to spend money to compete <laughs> with City. So yeah, it's just contradictory. Obviously, Man United have spent forty million less than us, I think. And they're not close to us. So, yeah, it's just it's just jealousy. And as for Pep, like, Pep was the best manager ever until he joined Man City. And now it's, all do we know if he's good enough? Like, it's just <laughs> ridiculous.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because the thing with United, and particularly kind of, you know, you said there about the, the, the top four, and. Um, it has you're right, it's always been that way. Well, they could go out mm. every summer and spend six well, the equivalent of sixty million back in back in a day and buy the best players around. They'd be like, okay, we need a new left back. We go out and buy kind of you know top draw get a top draw left back for big money. That's what leading clubs have always done. They've never got flack for it. It's always been a given, basically. As soon as City come along, it seems to be some unsavoury
2: business. I don't quite understand why, but... It just comes down to the fact that, that we're not light, but do we really care that we're not light? It's like we know kind of in the club all the incredible work the club has done for, for the community, especially around, around, around Didsbury in that area and even just yeah. in Manchester in general. So like, do we care if uh, like another club doesn't like us? Like, no, I don't think we do, but we operate so well and we're fantastic for the the community in Manchester and in fact, for the whole of the Premier League. Yeah. I think what made me
0: feel a bit petter because it was winding me up kind of just seeing this kind of endless resources nonsense Um from from one particular Liverpool mate, it has to be said. Um, and then what <laughs> made me feel better was I thought, well, you know what? City have been now at the top table since 2010-11. So yeah. the last 10 years, Twitter and social media has really exploded. So maybe, you know, if you look back at, say, the 80s and um, with Liverpool, the 90s with United, maybe if Twitter was around then, it would have been us saying what they're saying now, maybe. So-
2: yeah, it, do- it doesn't, It you know... What's it called? João Cancelo doesn't get a say on if he's sixty million pounds or not. You know, what I mean, it, it, this point you made about Ferguson spot on. Like back in that day, I'm sure Ferguson was paying for prices for these top end players yeah. similar to, you know, the prices we're paying now. All but right, they got strangely different. Uh, so it's yeah, but- <laughs> but
0: they, they I can remember they used to get you know, outwardly praised for it by the media. It would be like, you know, Rio Ferdinand. Oh, it's a natural progression for him to go to Old Trafford. He's realizing his dream. Say with Wayne Rooney. And he was signed when he was eighteen, wasn't he? It was like £30 million, which was a fortune back then. Again, it was, you know, oh, a dream come true for a natural progression, now an England player. And it, at all times, it was considered to yeah. be, you know, a good thing for it all concerned.
2: Yeah, but now it's... A well, that's the one That's the one thing that, that, that winds me up more than anything. It's like they, they don't control the price tags, but... It's just don't take anything away from the hard work that goes on behind the scenes yeah. from Pep and the players. Look, they're not robots, you know what I mean? They don't come in and that guarantees results. That A lot of hard work goes in. If it guaranteed results, we would have won the Champions League, Premier League, every single season, but we've not. And we had a disappointing season last season and a disappointing start to the season, it must be said, and he has yeah. turned it around massively. And that is not because he spent £70 million on players, that's because he's a terrific coach with a terrific set of players. Well, that's a good
0: place to leave it, and to move on to um, Arsenal and Mikel Arteta and and he, you know, things that he's trying there to basically replicate um, Pep and City. Um, It's kind of I don't really know what to make of Arsenal this year. Um, It looks like they really turned things around, and they've dropped points recently. Um, Are you worried about the weekend, Yannicka?
1: Do you know what? With it being City, I never go in too confident. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but we do like a game at the Emirate, especially De Bruyne, who is back. Yes, um, I heard that Gundogan is going to be fit. He says he's feeling fine, so obviously he'll be back in the team. Hopefully, yeah, I think I think the way Pep's been playing as well. Like he had um, the first game, he had Diaz, um, and wait, no, he had Laporte and Stones play against Spurs. Then he's had. Diaz and Laporte play against Everton so I'm assuming it's going to go back to Diaz and Stones um, on the weekend so hopefully with John Stones and and we won't really be conceding but yeah I think we beat them earlier in the season 4-1 at the Emirates so I think I can't see us losing it Um, that being said though apparently Pep's record with every single team he's had has been ended by Arsenal so a bit of a strange one (laughs)
2: Oh, I'm not aware of that. I, I wish yeah. I hadn't told me that. <laughs> yeah, this is, two, this, is, this is two longest winning streaks. for Bayern. by a we? we were both ended by Arsenal. Yeah. I think this morning. Right. Yeah. What about, what about you, Harry? How do you feel about it? Because Arsenal, um, I mean, they've
0: got some very good young players coming through. When they, when they click, they're a very good team. So if we face that very good team at the weekend.
2: I think... Every time we've been to the Emirates under Pep, by like that one start of the game, with uh start of the season game with Unai Emory, We've gone there when they're in like dire form. Mm. Uh, we went off, we went off the back of a of a cup final win when they were in absolute tatters under under Vengo, and I don't think any even any of the fans turned up for that game. Uh, and then we had we had a game against them where they just sat Emery when they had Lundberg in charge. So we have gone to them really when they've been kind of more in a transitional phase. I think they're certainly in better form now. Uh, it's hard to judge with Arsenal because they can they can turn up on the day they can. Um, yeah. but what what can we say about our team at the moment is that we should have every confidence that they're gonna go there and win. But it we, we I think we touched on it before. It's just the the run that we've put together doesn't put doesn't put a lot of pressure on this game. If you know what I mean, it's like if if we can pick up a point of the Emirates, I'd, I'd I'd happily take that.
0: Well, yeah, going back to the Everton game, I'm, I'm much the same, yeah. As long as we don't lose, as long as we keep an unbeaten mm. record. It's it's not so much the, the winning streak that I'm so excited about, recently. It's the fact that we're not losing, obviously. And, Absolutely, yeah. we um, with kind of Gundo possible to start, let's hope he is kind of fit enough to start. De Bruyne, would you start with him? I mean, we've seen before the danger of rushing back kind of injured players.
1: Oh, I don't know. It's a hard one because he seems like he's, ready to get back. And I think him playing a little bit of the game against Everton, mm. Pep's probably done that so that he's match fit for Arsenal. So, yeah, I could see him starting. He does like the Emirates. Um But, yeah, I don't think... We don't need to start him because we could just play Gundogan, Bernardo. So we don't need to. So I think it will just depend on him, how fit he is, how he's feeling, if he wants to play sort of thing. But... It's just nice at the moment to have options and not feel like we have to play De Bruyne. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So I think the way the squad is, the the way they're playing at the moment, it doesn't really matter who we put in there. They're all having that level of performance um, regardless of who starts. So I would like to see Aguero because I miss him. But I don't think he, he will play considering who he's knows. not stepped on the yes, pitch yet. Don't we
2: all, don't we all. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, because you, you mentioned there about kind of players stepping up and and coming in, and and you know no more so than Bernardo Silva who's been fantastic of late. And um, Harry, how good is it to
2: see him back to his best? Oh, mega, absolutely mega. One um, well, one thing you can never question with with Bernardo is the kind of the lad's work rate. But now he's kind of combining that with his the, the killer instinct we saw in in kind of the eighteen nineteen season. I was honestly, in all honesty, probably never worried about him in general because. I think everyone's very quite quick to get on people's backs as soon as yeah. they go through a um, a bad run of form. There was a lot of factors involving his dropping form last season and something that quite interesting that Pep said in the last couple of weeks is obviously that stuff with, with Mendy on Twitter that affected him quite badly uh, and you could kind of tell that in his performance he, he seemed a bit a bit down but uh, he's equally as capable in the role he is That's last night and off the right so when he's when he's in this sort of form, he just simply cannot be dropped because he's just he's just sensational. Honestly, he's brilliant. Yeah,
0: it, I mean it, it, it kind of went on. That's the thing with me. His kind of loss of form. And yeah, I see just, what you mean. yeah, it was just the length of time it went on and, and when it carried over onto the season, you because know, he wasn't great at the start either of the season that yeah. I was concerned. And um Yannicka, what does he bring to the side?
1: Uh he's just you know what, He... <laughs> Every time De Bruyne has been out, he really has stepped up. <laughs> I think with him, the reason why he has dips in form, obviously there was that whole Mendy in incident, but I think it's just because he's kind of in the squad one week, then he's out for two weeks, then he's in, then he's out. Whereas I think when De Bruyne is injured, he gets that run of games and therefore his form is better as a result. And I feel the same way with Mendy because Mendy gets a lot of stick as well because... You know, he's in, out, in, out. And then when he does play, he's not great. And then he'll have one good game. And it's just, I think certain players, Mares is another one, they need a consistent run of games to show the, to, for us to get the best out of them. And I think now he's getting that, we're seeing the proper Bernardo Silva, you know, the 18, 19 kind of Bernardo Silva. But yeah, he just, you know, he's just everywhere on the pitch. You know, he, some of the link-up play, last night in particular, was brilliant, like he's just, you know, like we wanted a replacement for David Silver, and it almost feels like we've got two, we've got Bernardo Silver and we've got Foden, like they're both brilliant Mm. and, you know, it's just, we're very blessed to have this team that we have right now.
0: We are, I mean, (laughs) this is the ultimate cliche and apologies in advance for saying it, but Having Bernardo back, it, it does feel like we've got this kind of new £60 million player. Yeah, I was going to say that. It man. really does, doesn't it? I and mean, it's such a bonus. And, and it's a bonus, frankly, that we didn't particularly need. So it really is <laughs> a, ch- a cherry on top. But um, So what kind of midfield would you go with, Yannicka, going into uh, the Arsenal Ooh. game? I mean, I know that we're not fully kind of, you know, uh, we don't fully know about De Bruyne, how fit he is, and Gundo. We just know that they're available. Um, yeah. But personally, which three would you go for? Rodri, I'm guessing, holding.
1: Yeah, I think Rodri has been really good this season. So I would play Rodri. Um, I don't think, like Harry says, I don't think you can drop <laughs> Bernardo. Bernardo is just on mm. fire. So, yeah, it's whether you put De Bruyne in there with Rodri and Bernardo or whether you put Gundogan back in. But, yeah, I think either of them I'm happy with. Um, Gundogan's just been killing it at the moment like he's just everywhere on the pitch he's scoring goals he's assisting like so yeah I wouldn't mind um, Gundogan starting to be honest the form that he's in I don't think you can really drop him obviously he couldn't play the other day because of his injury but if not he would have started against Everton so yeah I think I would probably go with um, Gundogan and then bring on De Bruyne if we need if
0: we need to. I was going to say ex- exactly the same thing. I mean, would you go along with ha- Harry, do you think that's a possibility where it's a case of both are, you know, 80% fit right now, give them 60 minutes and 40 minutes?
2: Um, I think no one's kind of talking about how much Pep's got a dilemma in this position at the moment, because we said Bernardo and Gundogan are playing well, Foden's kind of equally playing as well. And then you've got the best midfielder in the world coming back. So you kind of pick yeah. between the four is a bit. Two are always going to miss out. Um, I my inkling is that it's unchanged in in terms of the midfield. Uh I just find it I find it bizarre if Pep kind of spoke at length pre-talking about how not wanting to risk De Bruyne with this with this running and wanting him hundred percent and then him just throwing him in like that. I just I can't see it. And then we're going obviously the dilemma we've got is. We've got the Champions League in midweek as well. So, what does he prioritise? Yes, does he yeah. does he sit sit and take a point at the Emirates, or you know, take you know, a scrappy win, or does he prioritise midweek? So, I my inkling would be that he starts the same midfield of Rodri, Foden, and Bernardo with Gundogan and De Bruyne uh, on the bench and brings them both on for them to start together in midweek. Mm. That would be my prediction, anyway. Okay.
0: Um, what about the score prediction, Harry?
2: Um, It depends what Arsenal turn up, honestly. (laughs) I think we're we're pretty confident what Manchester City will turn up. It's just that if the Arsenal... uh, I think Pep will have one eye in the Champions League, so I'm going to say, be very pessimistic and go 1-1. Okay, Yannicka?
1: I think, yeah, I think it depends on which Arsenal turn up, to be honest. Um, Defensively, we've been really good. I know when John Stones has played, we've hardly conceded. Hmm. So, I think if John Stone starts, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We we'll definitely won't concede more than one if we do. But yeah, I do think it'll be a tight game. Maybe like a 2 1 City, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I've,
0: I'm going to 3 1 City. It. I think Arsenal oh. will score, but um, I think yeah. we'll win. So, 3 1. I
2: just got to say quite easily, it could be 4 5 nil City if that yeah. Arsenal turn up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I love that Arsenal. <laughs> I <just> yeah, <laughs> I love that Arsenal. <laughs> When we scored three in like the first 30 minutes of the, the other oh my yeah. God, it was I, brilliant. The thing is, I, I, I relate to that arsenal.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I watch him and think, yeah, that's kind of like me. You know, things yeah. are going well, I should be doing all right. And then I well and truly mess it up. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We've talked about De Bruyne coming back. Uh, the possibility, please, God willing of Sergio coming back soon. Um, he's back in training reportedly. And obviously De Bruyne is fit again. Um, I've just got a bit of a paranoia about this and, and I know there's people are going to be listening to this and they're going to be laughing at what I'm about to say, but there might be a problem on the horizon and the, <laughs> fact, and the fact that we're playing this sensational football, everyone's it's so well balanced, everyone's kind of you know, flitting in and out of all these different positions. Sergio comes in, in that kind of front three where we don't have a designated striker as such right now. I mean, Yannick, is that going to be a problem?
1: Do you know what, I don't think it will be, I think Sergio is Sergio, everyone at the club knows how important he's been Mm. over the years. I think there's been a lot of times where we've had, over the season, more so at the start than recently, but there's been so many chances missed, even now when we're playing the way we're playing, and you just think if Sergio was there, he puts that away. So I can see him coming back in and getting a few goals, to be honest, just because of how we're playing and how dominant we've been. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what Pet's going to do. I'm assuming instead of playing Gabby, he'll play Aguero in them sort of games where he does go over striker. Yeah. But the false nines really work well for us this season. Like I can't really fault it. He's, he's perfected it. Um, I love and, it. And you know, I yeah, I, I actually do prefer it at the moment, but. There are them games where you do need a striker, especially when, you know, they are parking the bus or, you know, you might need someone to make them runs in behind and stuff like that, and Sergio can do that. Um, I'm not too sure. I could see Sergio kind of coming back in the Champions League before he comes back in the league. He might get minutes in the league, but I mean, in terms of starting, because I just think in Europe... Um, you know, we ha- we've had a lot of times in Europe where we have missed open nets and stuff, and it's just like I don't know, I don't think Sergio does that.
0: No, that's so yeah, cool. we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, but then it, it all depends on on his fitness, and I, I just wish to yeah. God that that could be kind of clear. I mean. It's been weeks now where you keep thinking he's coming back this weekend, and mm. it's not happened. Um, Harry, I've got a similar kind of concern about kind of Gundo and De Bruyne. Um, well, it's kind of different in a way, I guess, because it's not positional as such. It's more kind of oh. that Gundo might be kind of overshadowed by De Bruyne. That De Bruyne will be, you know, <laughs> the leading figure again. And you know, at the moment, Gundo has stepped up to play. He's yeah. the leading man. He's under the spotlight. He's loving it. You know, give me that responsibility. I will be your go-to guy. When that becomes De Bruyne again, will Gundo kind of fade back into the background and, and become that, not hitting this player, that's not
2: fair, but it's just kind of the player he was compared to the player he is now. Just to clarify, are you saying having Kevin De Bruyne back in the side is a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just that's, so I know. That's exactly
0: <laughs> what I'm saying. I, I realise how stupid oh, that sounds.
2: No, I know. I completely get it. Um I don't know. Um does Kevin De Bruyne take up the positions Gundogan does? Maybe. No, no, yeah, not as, not not as, as often much. as... Yeah. I think Kevin De Bruyne is, is quite happy playing the role of a Bernardo Silva or a... or a Maybe even a Roger. You know, he's like a half back in Like yeah. he, he, he just gets the ball from the defence and he's, he's the one who kind of starts the attack going. So... No, I honestly I don't envision it being a problem. Maybe maybe it turns out it is, but I honestly the position Gundogan is taking up at the moment. I don't think I don't care who he's with. He, he's just in some sort of form at the moment that is just so scary that he he could he'll just pop up anyway. He seems to be there all the time to to kind of put it in there. But in answer to your question, no, no, I don't think I don't envision any kind of problems because I think Kev's quite happy being kind of the supporting role and starting the attacks. And I know he's talked about in the past of loving having kind of the assist of the assist. Uh And he's yeah. the one who will break. But as well, Kevin De Bruyne will give you that X Factor moment when, when it's needed. Uh And I think in a couple of games when we've kind of struggled to make some sort of breakthrough, De Bruyne would have been the one and there is going to be games we're not going to be this perfect forever where we're going to struggle and, and we're going to need Kevin De Bruyne to, to put the ball on a plate for, Hopefully, Sergio Aguero to top <laughs> yeah.
0: in. I was, I was just thinking then about you know tonight there's going to be kind of you know hundreds of podcasts being made from all different yeah. clubs and all the fan bases around kind of you know England and Scotland and and in ninety nine percent of them they're going to be kind of talking you know talking about their concerns and and their concerns are going to be you know are we going to avoid relegation this season <laughs> <laughs> and and there's me saying oh but we've got these two world class players one might well not that's be- a-
2: well, I was going to say, well, that's a valid. The, 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 the Sergio's, you know, you'll never get any Sergio Aguero slander from me, but it's a valid question. I don't understand what the next step is with Sergio. Mm. Feels like he's there as a mascot at the moment in time. Like yeah. I don't understand. He's not warming up before games. He's he's only warming up on the touchline. Like what is the plan? Because we've not. It's not like the start of the season when we've got like Burton or someone in the cup that he can come and play. We're, every game from now until the end of the season is a very very important game. So when does Aguero get put in does he go and have some minutes with the youth team I don't understand what the next step is unless you guys know I have no idea
1: I uh, think what might happen with him is say for example we go to an Arsenal and that Arsenal turn up and it's sort of 3-0 yeah. you can afford to put Aguero on in them sort of games so I think I feel like he'll start like that maybe against um, Munch and Mönchengladbach maybe if City are struggling to score he might put him on then um, I don't know I think it is going to be hard but it's like you were saying about De Bruyne it's like people saying does De Bruyne get back into City because City are so good at the moment it's not guaranteed it's crazy no, like you know I loved I love to see it because you know um, I thought we would miss De Bruyne when he left I know obviously eighteen, nineteen, we survived without him and we went on to win the league but a lot of our players were in better form when he went out than yeah. we ha- than we were this season when he went out. And, yeah, you know, Port, yeah. they yeah, just yeah. all stepped up. And, you know, Gundogan, you know, I've just been like giving him the most amount of credit this season because, you know, he's always been a big game player for us. He's always been good in Europe for us. But he just didn't get the credit because he wasn't kind of scoring. Whereas mm. now he's getting his goals as well. But yeah, he's he's the closest um He's the closest to the golden boot for us. So, well, that's, you know. It's a
2: genuine good question because, look, I, I, it shows that we're not as as reliant on him as kind of other teams. Look, I genuinely messaged a Man United friend of mine yesterday and said, genuine question, would you be near the relegation zone without Bruno Fernandes? Yeah. <laughs> because it seems at the moment he's the, the lad who's carrying him through. And obviously it seemed in the past that De Bruyne has been carrying us through, but... Twice we've lost him for extended periods of time, and both times we've been perfectly fine. So we're not as reliant on him as people think.
0: Well, yeah, you mentioned about Gundo and how yeah. he doesn't get the credit he deserve. I mean, him aside, um, and maybe Bernardo aside, because we've already discussed him. Yeah. Is there a player in the City side who you feel doesn't get the recognition they deserve, either from kind of Blues or the kind of a wider British public?
1: Um, I'd say that Rodri is very underrated. I always say with Rodri, he does what he says on the tin, he's one of them players, he's not fancy, he's not going to do anything where you think, wow, this is you know some amazing footballer but he just does what is needed in our squad and I have to also say Gabby because a lot of opposition fans are like, he's rubbish, blah, blah, blah and I think he gets a lot of stick because he has come in to play under Aguero but... He's not really a striker like when he was playing for Brazil he's always on the wing when he was playing for Palmeiras he was on the wing and I think he's probably not who we need in terms of an Aguero replacement which is why obviously the club are looking to get someone else in but yeah the the stuff that he does off the ball you know you can't really it works perfectly in our system and the way we play and I think that Liverpool game like people were calling me shameless cuz I was saying he came on he puts pressure on Alisson. Next minute, Alisson is making pure mistakes and Man City go and win the game. Mm. And it was his pressing that sort of led to the uncertainty uncertainty with Alisson. And things like that, like, obviously, it goes under the radar because he didn't score, you know, but yeah. it's just, yeah, he's, he's very important to our team. And I think, you know, kind of like Firmino for Liverpool because people make jokes about him not scoring, but he's key in the way they play, so... Yeah, them two, for me, don't really get the ratings more from opposition fans. Um, but Rodri's had a lot of stick from City fans as well, to be honest.
0: Yeah, i the same goes for Gabby as well. And, and what I find fascinating about Gabby is, you know, I, when I watch, watch him play, I appreciate his work rate, I appreciate his pressing. But then I'll read articles by people who are far better informed than I am. Yeah. We talk about the type of pressing he does and how that's yeah. perfect for what Pep's after. And I don't fully understand it, I never will, but... I appreciate that in itself that, you know, he is a very intelligent presser of a ball as opposed to someone who, you know, basically runs around like a head. Runs like,
2: like, Tevez, like Tevez, basically. Like Tevez! Oh,
0: God, I love yeah.
2: Tevez. Um, yeah, but I, honestly, sorry, just, just to yeah. pick up on what they said about Gabby, it's, I, his all-round play the other night was fantastic. Mm. But when he got his chance in front of a goal, you're like, please, just bury it, because that's all he's yeah. missing. Honestly, if he was so much more clinical, he'd be perfect, because as you say, he's pressing. He's all-round game. He's winning fouls all over the place. He can drop deep and receive the ball. He's dribbling his fan- That skill on the byline to get into that box is <laughs> yes, brilliant. Yeah. But it's just, when he gets in front of goal, you think, he just bury it. And it's just like, no, you know, he's, he's so close. Honestly, he's so close. And of course, like you said, his biggest crime is 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 not Sergio Aguero. Yeah. Well, Harry, who would you go for? Would you go along oh. with Rodri and Jesus or is there someone else? Um, Rodri would, was going was to be my shout. Um, I would like to put a mention in for Alexander Sinchenko because the lad has looked like he's chained himself to the CFA and... Not wanted to move, and he—I he, don't know. I've I seen a lot of Blues saying yesterday. We missed him, his control and stuff like that. Uh, other than him, I honestly still think Raheem Sterling is so underrated amongst City fans. This so as soon as he's he's put in some sort of bad performance, this talk of you know how much would you take for Raz? It's just like <laughs> what? Like you're joking? Like there's not a lot of money. lot he's in elite group of players with Guardiola that scored over 100 goals now, right? And the other two are Sergio Aguero and Lionel Messi. Like what? Like he's so underrated. The amount of goals he's—I he's, think he's a. I was having a conversation with a Liverpool fan yesterday, actually, and maybe he's not reached the heights of him, but he's very similar to Salah in terms of he's just constantly scoring goals, but never kind of gets the praise he deserves off his off his fans. Mm. Compared to the like to the flashy players like you, or Yamane. I just—I still think amongst City fans, there's such a reluctance to just put them in this this world class category that he's that he's in.
0: Yeah, I go along with that. It's I am one of those people who, when Raheem misses, I'm kind of you know screaming obscenities at the telly, and, and <laughs> kind of. Whereas perhaps if another player misses an identical chance, I'd be more forgiving because yeah. going back to the Gabby thing, he's just one of those players who it, it's so exasperating. It's like if yes. you just add that one final one percent to your game you would be the perfect player
2: for me. But, you know, he's 99% perfect. I think I'll take that. Yeah, but... Sterling, compared to a lot of wingers we've had at the club, is that even when he's not playing well, he's always giving 110% to try and get in the game. He doesn't shy away from yeah, the at Yeah, that's balls. true. It's, it's a trait. It's, it's kind of a flaw I always give to Leroy Sane. When he wasn't in the game, he kind of shied away from the game and didn't want to get involved. Sterling always wants to pick up the ball and run at a player and try and make something happen. And He's so frustrated when he's not got a goal. and So th- that's when he's playing bad. So when he's playing well, when he's on it, honestly, he's one of the best wingers in the world. Honestly.
1: Yeah. His his runs that he makes are so intelligent. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just like you say, it's the last touch or like yeah. the shot yeah. or whatever it is. And, you know, like I love Raheem, obviously. But yeah, I think that's what, because I know I've got a fan, uh, I've got a friend that's a Liverpool fan and he hates Salah. And I just like every time I see yeah. the score sheet, it's Salah. And he's like, he's <laughs> so frustrating and I feel like when you're a City fan and you watch Raheem week in, week out, there are things that frustrate you about him. But he's yeah. still, like he's won the league for us. Like that to, um, 17, 18 or the 18, 19 it might have been, where he was scoring all them last minute goals and we went on and won the league. Like, you know, you can't really, I, I don't know why anyone as a City fan would want him sold, to be honest, because he's just been so important for us. And, yeah. you know, like you say, he'll go, he'll have a bad game, but he'll win a penalty. You know, uh, that could be the difference, you know, so...
0: I, I also think there's two different types of kind of annoyance, you know. There's been players in the past. I, I tend not to kind of, you know, pick out a player and kind of, you know, target him and, and you yeah, know, very rarely have I done that through the years of Follow City, but there have been players, of course. Um, you, Kolarov was one, for example, you know. Oh. I, I loved him at one point, hated him at other points. And, you know, when I hated him, I, I just kind of... If he did a, a particularly Kolarov thing... Um, I would be infuriated, whereas with Raheem, it's very different. It's kind of like, oh, Raheem! (laughs) You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's affectionate in its butt.
2: Yeah.
0: And I don't think that's ever going to change, to be honest. I I think he'll always do that to me. Um, But let's hope he always does that to me, because, like I say... Yeah, there's plenty more positives than there are any negatives there. Um, Okay, guys, let's look at another fixture this weekend, a Merseyside derby. Um, Yannicka... Going up to this game, my feeling is that if Liverpool win, people think, OK, they're still the Liverpool of old. They've gone through a tough time of it. You know, it's a temporary kind of um, loss of form. Um, yes, it was a crisis, but, you know, and, and it will still persist because of their defensive problems. But, um, you know, they'll look to get top four now. I think if they, if they lose against Everton, they're going to be in a similar situation to what we were maybe two-thirds of the way through last season, where people kind of give up on them to an extent and think they are now at a lower level to what they were. Uh, Am I right to think that?
1: Yeah, I think Liverpool have been doing okay. Like, even with the injuries that they've had, they've been doing okay. Mm. But, you know, the losses at home, three in a row, like, it's quite a lot. And obviously, if they do lose to Everton, who Everton aren't a team... It's not like a Manchester derby where even when we were rubbish, we could somehow manage to beat Man United. Like it, Everton, don't tend to win. No, we
0: haven't. The, been,
1: you know they years. don't win the Merseyside derby, so I think them losing that will knock any confidence they have left. To be honest, and I feel like they've got to be careful because we weren't great last season, but we were still second. Um, whereas they might not get top four if they continue with this form. So I I can't see Liverpool's bad form lasting. I personally think they will get top four. Um, They'll go on some sort of run. Um, That will probably start this weekend. I think they'll probably beat Everton. And then after beating Everton, they'll go on and win, I don't know, five games in a row, whatever it is, and they'll get top four. But yeah, I think if they don't win it, they could be in real trouble because there's a lot of teams sort of breathing down their neck and Everton have got a game in hand on them if they beat them as well. So, yeah, they could be sliding lower down the table. So, yeah, they, I think it's, it's definitely a must-win for Liverpool.
2: Harry, how, how do you think it will play out? Um, honestly, I think it'd be a comfortable Liverpool win. Mm, sorry, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how much you watched the Leicester game the other week, Yeah, I, I think does. the Leicester result was not really like a kind of fair reflection on how Liverpool yeah. played. You'd be more worried about the collapse, obviously but I thought Liverpool were well deserving of the, the kind of one goal lead at the time and I thought they played some decent stuff and obviously when you've got Salah in brilliant form they'll surely benefit from kind of having key men back in midfield um, I'd, I'd couple that with Everton's absolutely horrendous record at Anfield <laughs> 1999 um, was the last only one there and to be fair, they they stopped the they stopped the rot, so to speak, in, in midweek. But I honestly, I don't know if I'm watching a different game of people. But I don't think they've played apart from obviously the the losses to like Brighton and Burnley. I don't think they've been horrendous. The main yeah, concern haven't. is obviously the the main concern is obviously like how they've collapsed in it. So I honestly I can't see anything but a comfortable Liverpool win. Okay, does
0: anyone want to um, take a guess at what was number one in the UK charts when Everton last won at Anfield?
2: I'm twenty years of age, so my right. guess is. Okay. Fair no. enough. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. It was Christina Aguilera, a genie in a bottle.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-two
0: wow. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Will you be like me and support Everton now, and basically hope for Liverpool lose so we can all have a good giggle at them, Yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. My granddad's actually an Everton fan, so oh right, okay. I'm like when you know I don't I don't mind. Obviously, <laughs> if they're in a title race with City, I don't want them to do well. But yeah, I'd always want them to kind of, you know, I I do think they're dark horses in the FA Cup. Actually, we've got a player, yes. but yeah. before that, I was saying I think Ever- I could see Everton <laughs> winning like the, the FA same. Cup. And then we drew them and I was like, oh, great. (laughs) That means we have to go out. But yeah, I think they're dark horses in that, I think, especially with Ancelotti because Ancelotti is a manager and a half. So, um, yeah, I think I just can't see them winning a derby. Liverpool, as as poor as their form is on paper, it hasn't, like you say, it hasn't been that bad. They've just, the results don't really tell the full story. I think even the 4-1 against City, didn't tell the full story of how that game went. So, yeah, I think can see Liverpool winning comfortably, but I, obviously I would prefer Everton.
0: <laughs> well, Harry, a lot of excuses or reasons, depending on your point of view, have been put forward by Reds on Twitter. Um, injuries, no fans in ground, weariness <laughs> after two years of excellence. How much of that are legitimate reasons? How much of it is just basically looking for excuses?
2: Some of it is excuses, but it is very easy for us to say top league, oh, you know, ha-ha, stop making up excuses. <laughs> the, the injuries of such are, are kind of not the excuses, what they, they lose with these injuries. And I think kind of using the example we had with Fernandinho last season, when we had to move Fernandinho out of that midfield and put him in the defence, yeah, we lost yep. so much in that midfield that it kind of also almost didn't really matter what we had in the back. So the fact that they've had to put both Henderson and Fabinho uh at the back once they can get this this kebak and maybe Davies kind of just play in regularly without injuries if if that's possible with them this season moving Fabinho and Henderson into midfield is just going to be so much so hugely beneficial to him uh because at the moment in time it's as much as the defense has, has been awful the midfield has suffered badly like there's quality players in that midfield because you think of the midfield three it's what Genie rinaldo Thiago and then Curtis Jones who's been brilliant from him this season mm. but there's no kind of defensive presence in there and especially Thiago cannot tackle to save his life no. the, I just I think that is the main thing the, the stuff about fans I'd kind of reference A-Sam a- last week and just say give over come on a lot of us are missing fans uh, but, but you cannot shy away from the fact that we had the similar issues last season and there was no excuses made for us to the extent that Liverpool are having excuses made for them.
0: Well I think that's what it comes down to. That's where the annoyance comes in for me at least. Um I'm perfectly happy to you know concede that a lot of what you said there is true and a lot of it is legitimate. But right guys, well I think it's time to wrap things up and thank you so much for joining me today, Harry. Our pleasure as always mate. Yannica a Sterling debut. Thank you no, very thank much you. indeed.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: And thank you very much for listening in, everyone. Um, That's a wrap, folks. Uh, We're all off to laugh at Liverpool's limited resources. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. And as always, forever up the blues.